Welcome to How to Trade It, The Road to Trading Mastery. Join Casey Stubbs, a seasoned trader, as he guides you to become a profitable trader. Find actionable insights, real-life stories, and strategies to boost your trading skills. Don't miss the journey to trading victory. Start listening now. Connect with us at podcast at tradingstrategyguides.com. Trading profits are just an episode away. Welcome to the Cashflow Hacking Podcast. We are on a mission to help people increase their cash flow. While the steady paycheck of a 9-to-5 job may provide you a sense of security, it will never bring you true financial freedom and abundance. We will teach you the tips, tricks, and strategies behind increasing your cash flow. We connect with the experts who have defied conventional finance wisdom, who now earn more than they ever once thought possible. For those of you that are not yet at your full potential, are underemployed, or simply looking to grow their cash flow, then this podcast is for you. Welcome to the Finance and Markets Cash Flow Hacking Podcast. And now to your host, Casey Stubbs. This is Casey Stubbs with the Cash Flow Hacking Podcast. And today we've got Jason Stodskill. Jason is a media buyer, which means that he buys traffic to help generate sales for his clients, uh, clients who are selling products online. And so, Jason, thanks for coming on the show today. Hey, thank you, Casey. Glad to be here, man. So today, we're really targeting people that are trying to make an extra source of revenue, uh, cash flow hacking. We talk to all kinds of different people, and I've been following you on Facebook, and your strategies are really good. Uh, your techniques are really good. I do some media buying myself because I run a couple trading businesses. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm always trying to learn things about this, but I'm just, I thought it would be really useful for our viewers because, you know, people that are trying to make an extra source of revenue, they've got to, if, if they're launching a new product online or they're trying to sell something online, they've got to learn how to get traffic. And so that's why I wanted you to bring you on today. Awesome, man. I appreciate it. Um, glad, glad to be here. Yeah. Let's, let's talk traffic. So let's say somebody's just starting out in the business. They get their, they have a product they want to sell, uh, and they are thinking about getting out in front of an audience. They want to sell stuff. It's not just simp- as simple as buying ads on Google, and all of a sudden your sales are going to come in and you can retire rich, right? There's, there's a lot more to it than that. Yeah, maybe back in the past, uh, you know, I bought my first uh, Google AdWords ad back in 2007, I think. And, you know, the next day the phone started ringing and the the clicks were very cheap. So some people got, uh, you know, did really well with that. But over time, it's gotten way more competitive. So, you know, just throwing something out there and thinking you're going to flick the switch on and uh, watch your bank account, uh, you know, fill up those. That's not really happening anymore. So, you know, you've got to be much more strategic about it these days. And, you know, the way you're approaching your business and how you're factoring uh, and how paid media is going to, you know, be a part of that. Okay. So if you're, you're starting out and let's say that you set a certain media budget 
because obviously if you're starting a business and you don't have a, a budget for media, you're already in a little bit of a problem. So you start out with a couple thousand dollars a month for media to test. Um, what would be some good starting points? How would you recommend someone get started with that? Um, yeah. Um, I think what you kind of said there taps into something that's uh, very important that we can go deeper on. And it's really like, if you're going to have an online business, you want to build the media budget really into your business model. Because where I see a lot of people go wrong, um, we'll, we'll give your viewers some, some terms here. Um, a good one to start with is CPA cost per acquisition. So how much am I spending in ads to actually acquire a customer? So, you know, these days, uh, so let's say you, you know, whatever product you may, you may be selling, um, you know, it may be that to run paid media, you know, you're going to pay way more than you expect to acquire a customer, even if you, you know, hire the best media buying pro. So really you got to think about building that into your business model. And a lot of the business models uh, or businesses I work with, you know, they are aiming for a break even acquisition. So let's say, you know, you have a, a funnel where, you know, maybe you're giving away a free book on the front end, a free plus shipping offer, and then you've got a couple of upsells and your average cart value is, let's say, $50, right? You find that out over time after, you know, running traffic to your funnel. So what the, you know, the most successful people in online marketing today, they are aiming to at least break even, meaning, you know, uh, to, to, um, sell that $50 product, I am spending $50 on paid media. And to, to new people, that sounds kind of like, um, well, why would I do that? Like, I'm just, I'm not making any money, you know? So, um, but we can, we can go deeper into that. I'll see if you have any comments or questions to add to that. Okay. That actually is a, is a little mysterious to me uh, because if you're breaking even on your media spend, you're obviously have other expenses in the business as well. So then I'm thinking net net loss in the business. And as a business owner, I know some businesses love losing money. I'm not one of those guys. So mm. as a business owner, I want to make a net profit. So if I am losing money or if I'm break even on ad spend, that means I'm losing money across the board. Well, uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll, we'll dig deeper into this and I'll kind of have to qualify this a bit in saying that I do have some clients that sell like really high end products, um, and they're generating leads to get people on the phone. So obviously they're not, um, um, you know, breaking even on that ad spend. They may be selling a $10,000 product and it's going to cost them X amount to get these people on the phone. And then, um, you know, they're, they're going to close a certain percentage of people over the phone, but let's, let's talk about like a purely, you know, online driven business where, um, let's think about that, what we call a front end funnel. So really what you're trying to do on the front end is, um, really just build your base up with buyers and all the money is made on the back end. Let's say, you know, you run that funnel, um, that's your average cart value is $50 and you, you spent $50 to acquire a customer. So basically, um, let, let's say you broke even on costs and everything. So you've got a new customer and you broke even. Well, really, <clears throat> sorry, I've got a, got a frog in my throat here, but really um, where you're making the money is on the back end sales. So that, that front end funnel acquired you a buyer, added them to your, your base of, of customers now, when you sell them something on the back end, um, it's going to be pure profit. Um, 
you know, uh, especially if it's, um, you know, like a info based business, but once you have added that uh, person to your email list, that's owned traffic. So you're not having to pay to acquire them. So the, the hardest thing to do in business is actually to acquire a new customer. And that's why we put all the emphasis on that. So, um, and then we can kind of go further in distinguishing between a lead or a subscriber and a buyer. You know, you want to be building a list of buyers. So let's say you, you've acquired that person at break even. Um, and then let's say your next product up for sale, you know, coming over your email list is $500, right? You're not having to, you know, pay to advertise to them again. So um, really this whole thing about breaking even on the front end, it's, it's just a way to liquidate your advertising cost and gain that, gain that base of buyers and then sell them back in products. Okay. So to just now that makes a lot more sense. So thank you for clarifying. So what you're saying is it's a product sale, but it's really, what you're really doing is you're picking up a customer. So you're, you're spending break even to get a new customer. And then that customer will then continually spend with you and a great, actual way to put this into um into terms that people can understand was maybe a walmart's uh running ads and they no one's i've never been to walmart before but i i they spend a thousand dollars and finally i go into the store and i start shopping at walmart well it's going to take them a while before i actually spend a thousand dollars in their store but if i keep shopping every week I'm going to make the money. I'm going to spend a thousand dollars and that they're going to have a net profit on me. Something like that. Yeah. And that, the hardest thing to overcome is just acquiring you in the beginning. And so if we're talking about people starting an online business, this is what a lot of people wish they knew because you can, um, you know, plan your business in a certain way. Like I've known people that come up with products that, you know, are kind of low ticket products and they don't really know, you know, what their, um, really what their business model is, what are they going to be selling next? And, you know, like they haven't taken all this into account. All they know is that they have a product and they want to sell it. Um, and you know, they're even thinking they want to make money off of that product, but maybe the cost of ads is really too high for that to, to be competitive. Like, you know, I've known people that say they come out with, you know, a 15, $20 product, they have no other products and they think they're going to spend on ads and make that you know, massive profit on the front end and it just doesn't work out. Well, then that seems like it makes the entry into the marketplace a little more difficult because you have to have something that people are going to buy multiple times or you're going to have to have an entire product line rather than just making one flagship product uh, to, to grow your business. It's going to be really tough to break in that way. Yeah. Um, and there are some caveats, like some people are doing, uh, high-end webinars where, you know, they are, um, you know, selling a high ticket product and then the webinar leads to like a phone call. Um, so the, you know, those people can make money, but like, um, the best way to scale up a business, the, the biggest direct response companies are like the model I'm telling you to, you know, acquire that base and then have other things to sell them. Um, but you know, I know some people that, um, on their email sequences, maybe they, they have some products, but clients I work with, they also on their email sequences, they have a lot of affiliate products. So let's say you had your own, um, you know, funnel that would liquidate your ad costs and get you a buyer. And then your next follow-up, like if you're just getting started out and you haven't developed all these products, maybe your next follow-up is uh, an affiliate product. 
And, you know, by the time you've got that person into your fold, they trust you, uh, they've been acquired, they're a proven buyer, um, you know, much different than just a subscriber uh, because the person's actually proven they're willing to spend money with you. So that's a huge hurdle to overcome. Um, and then you've gained that trust, then you recommend them an affiliate product. So, you know, people are making money that way. Um, there's, there's lots of ways. Um, and I've thought about this a lot because, you know, you can burn a lot of money just trying to prove that your funnel works. Um, so you want to have ideas in place to, you know, be able to generate that revenue, whether it's affiliate products, uh, maybe you're, you know, I know people who build up lists that uh, they're going to sell advertisements on that list. And, you know, you work in, in finance and, you know, that's huge. Like companies out there that purely are, they're acquiring traffic, maybe they're selling something or just, um, you know, gathering the leads, adding to their list. And then they're selling advertisements on their email list which, you know, they can do really well with that. So there's different ways to monetize and those things can change over time as well. Okay. Now, if you're, if, if somebody was getting ready to launch a product, they had a product, they had a media budget, what would be some of the steps that you would recommend that they take? Cause I've already heard you say multiple products, create a backend also, uh, sell ads or, or affiliate, which is, is like an ad you're, you're recommending a product. Uh, is there a specific strategy or business model that you think works the best for somebody that's just getting started out and, and that would be the lowest entry point? Hello, this is Casey and I wanted to take a minute to tell you about my new book that just came out. It's called Complete trading system. This is my 25 years of trading experience sharing everything that I have learned in how to make a profit from the markets. You're going to learn about how to find the right instruments to trade, how to find a trend, how to get started as beginners. You're going to learn about how to get the right mindset and you're going to be able to put it all together to create a trading system of your own that will work for you. I highly recommend that you try it out. Just click the link right now. It's called Complete Trading System. It's available on Amazon. Thank you. Go ahead and check it out. I think you're going to love it. Um, yeah, you know, like, um, the, the affiliate product thing could be good in that, like in the long term, I, I would say don't rely on affiliate products, but you know, in the interim, I, I know how hard it is to, to build a product and, you know, uh, validate that people want it. Um, so, you know, then, then going in and creating more products, like, um, in the beginning, just to prove your model, you might simplify that. Like, let's say, you know, if you offered a, um, you know, a front end product on your, your, uh, trading, uh, strategies that I could buy. And let's say I bought that for a hundred dollars. And then let's say, you know, you just started that business and, you know, in the back of your mind, you've got to have multiple ways that you may, um, that you want to consider generating revenue. You could say, well, um, you know, maybe I sell a coaching program to this person that is 
um, $2,000 and they get um, group coaching calls, something like that. So you can, um, you know, spin up a product pretty quickly that way because you're giving them more access to you. So out of the buyers that you acquire, you know, a certain percentage of them are going to want to take that upsell and then you can offer that on the email list. So that would be one quick way, I think, um, you know, to, to quickly add a backend is just giving people more access to you. Um, and you can still keep it like one to many by, uh, and scalable by, you know, like a group coaching call or however you want to structure it. Um, but then maybe have other backup methods to say, Hey, these, if this doesn't play out the way I want, you know, I'm still building a valuable list. Maybe I could hire a list broker and sell ads. Like a lot of the clients I work with that aren't like, you know, huge eight figure companies already, they want to have what I call a revenue safety nets where if this doesn't work out, you know, this may work out because, you know, as you're, as you're building your buyer base, you know, uh, you're still trying to prove things. So, but you're still building a valuable asset that can be monetized in, in different ways. Right. An email list has a lot of different ways to, to create revenue sources. And like you said, a list broker or affiliate and all that. And that's a great thing about, about an email list. Uh, however, you've been talking a lot about, uh, about customer acquisition. Uh, is, do you think the best, and I know you do different, different techniques because I've seen some of the things you do. Do you think the best technique is to focus on getting customers on the front end or to try to get email leads to get someone to give you their email address on the front end? What method is the best for growing your list? So I go both ways on this. Um, you know, we send a lot of traffic straight to sales um, that end up hitting the numbers that we want. Um, but then sometimes, um, you know, other traffic channels are a little more challenging. So what I uh, would simply recommend is let's say, you know, you have, let's say you have a, a product that you want to sell. Um, you can send people straight to that sales page. Uh, and if that's working, you're, you're just gaining buyers and buyers are superior to subscribers, right? Even if you're, let's say you're, I'm renting someone's email list. You know, if that's a list of buyers, people who are spending in that genre, that's way more valuable than a list of subscribers who've never bought anything. So really obtaining buyers is really the holy grail, right? So that's ultimately what you want. So we could say, you know, just focus on only getting buyers, right? But sometimes on traffic networks, um, it may not work out where, you know, you're sending the traffic to straight to that sales page and, and your numbers are working out. So um, what you can simply do is have an opt-in before that, you know, before they get to your sales video, um, you know, and the product you're trying to sell them and make them opt in that way, you know, let's say if I get a hundred email subscribers there and let's say two people, um, that become email subscribers buy that liquidates some of my ad cost, but then these other 98, these people are on my list. So then you have a chance you know, just through your backend email promotions to continue to sell them, you know, because if you never got those emails, you wouldn't get to sell those people again. So you're just getting more chances to sell that person. And what kind of things can someone do to actually create what you call an opt-in? Uh, like how, what can you actually do to capture that email address? Oh, as far as the like actual software or like the incentive you're giving out or just what the technique would be, um, to, to capture that email. Okay. Um, 
you know, there's different techniques, but let's say you are, you're ultimately focused on sales, but you also want to capture emails. So let's say you have a, you know, a video sales letter or some type of uh, video that's selling your product, but you're also teaching them something in that video. Uh, so this is a common uh, funnel that's, you know, tried and true. So, you know, you're not only going to be selling them something like, let's say, you know, for, let's say you've got a new trading product and you're going to teach, you know, um, you know, three tips to trade, uh, you know, Forex, and they're going to learn that in the video. So you're educating them. Um, but you know, as they're progressing through the video, that's where you're also presenting, you know, what it is that you're going to sell. So you can take an opt-in and put it in front of your sales video and, you know, frame that opt-in to say, um, you know, these are, three Forex trading tips. And I'm not a trader myself. I just market trading companies. So, you know, I'm not going to speak too intelligently uh, on, you know, uh, making up a product on the spot, but you know, that opt-in will serve as um, well, they want to learn those three tips. You give them the three tips in the video, but that's also your sales video. So that's a, that's a very good funnel. Okay. So you give them something that they would give you your email for you deliver that it's an exchange of an email for, for training or information that they would want. Um, and with the purpose of then later continuing that relationship, communicating with them and attempting to, to create them into a buyer. Yeah. And that would be all in the same video, right? So all in that same video. Now, if you took a more uh, lead gen approach, what you would be doing is, you know, give them out a lead magnet or something like that. Like here's your, you know, your three Forex uh, tips to start making money as early as next week or, or whatever it may be. You give them a, um, you give them a PDF and then there's no sale after that. That would be pure lead gen, which sometimes, you know, we, we do this too because um, on some traffic networks like Facebook, like what you're saying in your VSL or in your funnel, they may not, uh, it may not be by their guidelines and they can shut your ad account down. That's, that's a common problem. Um, so in that case, you know, you could be doing pure lead gen and then what you're hoping to do is nurture them on your list and make the sale later. Now, if I'm just getting started with, with media and I've got my product, I'm launching it out. What is probably the best channel that you would recommend me getting started with? Let's say I had a really small budget, um, you know, $2,000 a month or something like that to get started. What would you recommend somebody get started with? Well, the big factor for me really is uh, compliance. Um, you know, this is, this is one, this is a big deal. Um, compliance really um, will make me choose one network over the other. So, you know, what advice I give may help one person, but not the other. You commonly see people starting on Facebook um, and that can be great, but um, you know, the products that work better um, overall in the long term are, you know, kind of vanilla products. I call them like if I'm selling, um, you know, shoes or something, that's probably the perfect Facebook product. But then, you know, a lot of people who are in say like the biz op space, when you start making certain claims, you know, you might start doing really well with Facebook ads, but you're, you're running the danger of them reviewing your account and shutting you down. So it really depends on what market you're in. Cause let's say, um, you are promoting uh, Bitcoin. Like you can't advertise on Facebook. Well, you they can't. just reversed that yesterday. Yeah, they reversed <laughs> that. So that's, that's very weird, but it, it just yeah. goes like, if you're in this, but you can't rely on it. You just can't rely on it because 
who knows what they're going to do next. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, this may be getting a little bit advanced, but I, I think people like if they're, if they're looking at it clearly from the beginning and they understand the broader picture of traffic, I think it's good for even a beginner to know because like most people think, uh, you know, a lot of times when they're starting out, why well, I, I want something I can run on Facebook. Right. And let's say, you know, like last year, crypto was doing, people were doing really well. And I've talked to a ton of people like this, where they went out, they developed a product, they put all this work in, they started making money, they're, they're making great money on, um, you know, Facebook and Google, and then they got shut down. And they're kind of sitting on top of a great product that was profitable, but they don't really know what other ad networks to get on. So just realize that, I mean, there are, there are hundreds of ad networks, like, you know, there are people uh, and ad networks that will happily take your money and, um, you know, run uh, crypto ads for you. So a uh, tip I recently picked up is that, um, you know, they're doing really well on uh, content.ad um, because they allow, you know, crypto ads. So really the, the takeaway is, you know, you could build a, an entire business model and, if you're only relying on Facebook, it's kind of like they're, they're controlling everything, right? Like um, you don't want to be in a position where, Hey, if you can't run ads on Facebook, you're out of business, you know, cause I know plenty of people who are I mean, the customer flow stopped, um, you know, but I, I don't mean to be bashing Facebook, but it's just to say that, you know, like on a social network or on Google, they are considering a lot of their user experience. So, you know, if, they feel that if they let an advertiser promote and they send that sends them down a certain funnel that they consider not good or not a great product, or they don't like what you're selling, then that is hurting the overall Facebook experience right. um, because, because it's a platform. People know they're on Facebook. Whereas if let's say you were, you know, searching a website uh, through Google and you went on it um, and you saw a native ad by Taboola, a lot of people probably don't notice that, you know, uh, what companies are serving these ads, they're, they're less concerned because they're not really a platform that people are experiencing. They're just serving an ad on a website. So um, yeah, it, it can vary uh, depending on, depending on what you're in. And plenty of people do get started like in, you know, biz op and finance stuff on Facebook. But as you start spending more money, um, you know, they will trigger like manual account reviews to say, hey, this guy's spending, you know, 50000 a month on ads. Let's see, you know, what, what's he selling? What's he doing? And I've heard of them even buying your, your product and really scrutinizing you. And that's because, like, you're spending a significant amount of money and that, will tr that can trigger a, a review. So, you know, so right. it, it gets complicated. It comes back to being uh, a basic recommendation from their platform. And so I, I kind of understand that because their, their product is customer engagement and user friendliness, you know, they want their, their platform to be liked. So just to sum up that answer, it's kind of unfortunate that you had to say that because it just made things a lot more difficult <laughs> because yeah. now it sounds like I just can't learn one thing. You're telling me I have to learn everything. Well, um, maybe not learn everything. Maybe, you know, just like I would start with, you know, the product you want to sell, the copy, uh, making a good funnel. And there's generally a way you can sell about anything these days where, you know, let's say, you know, people that were having trouble in supplements on say, you know, Google AdWords or Facebook, 
Um, the good news is that there's plenty of options. There's lots of online advertising options available. So, um, you know, don't let the ad networks dictate your business model. Like don't make a business model around Facebook's rules. You may just have to find a different channel. Um, you know, keep your eyes open. I share a lot of tips about this stuff because I literally see people sitting on top of gold mines that are dormant because they can't advertise on Facebook. Um, and I can sort of flip the coin and say, you know, I, I, I sound like I'm, you know, cautioning against Facebook, but, you know, there are some uh, products where that is the perfect platform. Um, there may be other products where the very best traffic you'll ever get is AdWords. So one thing I've been saying a lot is I kind of look at traffic um, like a, um, um, you know, those Russian Matryoshka dolls where you open it and then there's a, like a... Right. It keeps getting smaller. Yeah. So start with your core, you know, in, in determining, um, you know, what would be the best form of traffic and it can be different, you know, for every person. And like even some of my clients, they're, you know, different traffic, uh, for them. So start with, you know, that core, that's going to be your lowest hanging fruit, the easiest to convert traffic, the easiest network to run on, not having to worry about any compliance issues, get that converting. Um, and then, let's say you're running on Google AdWords, generally there's only a certain amount of search volume you can get. Then you kind of have to go out and say, well, how can I expand out? How can I grow my revenue? Your next best bet may be, you know, running um, like one of my clients, their number one is Google AdWords. And then their number two source of leads is Facebook. You know, they're building retargeting audiences and custom audiences in Facebook. I can vouch that, the AdWords traffic for them is the very best because those people have the best buyer intent. I mean, they're literally searching for it. Right. So if you're a salesperson at that company, guess which uh, leads you want on the phone? <laughs> you know, the people that are searching for it and ready to buy. Whereas like their Facebook ads, it's just a different mentality because the person wasn't searching it out, but they saw it in the feed. It got their interest. They submitted their info. Maybe they struck up a conversation on messenger but there's a difference between the customer who's actively searching versus someone whose attention you caught. So it's a, it's a lot to think about, but when you tap into that, you've come a long way already in kind of figuring out your traffic strategy. So I, I still got a, a ton of different questions, sure. uh, things that are just coming into my head. So I'm thinking about Google and I'm thinking about scaling and I'm starting to have some success. I'm spending my ad budget. I'm getting a lot of good customers how do I know how far I can go with one ad source and how do I know when I've tapped it out? Yeah. So in the ad networks, you'll start to see first um, the things that sort of uh, wear out. The first thing that will wear out is your creative, right? And you see this on Facebook more than anything, like the creative starts to go stale. So in your stats, you'll start to see, you know, you'll start to see your cost rise, um, and that just means the creative has gone stale. Um, and then finally, you know, the thing that can kind of go stale over time, this takes much longer is your offer, uh, can go stale, right? So, um, it means you've sort of hit max exposure there. So you just gotta, you know, kind of watch your, watch the, um, the dashboards in your ad accounts. Now, like Google AdWords, you just hit a certain volume and, you know, you're, maybe you're raising your, um, you're raising your budgets and they're, um, they're kind of tapping out on the amount that they can serve to that audience. So 
you know, it would be nice if Google AdWords could infinitely scale, but at any given time, there's only so many people like actively searching. So it's just a matter of keep an eye on the dashboard for things like that. And on, on Facebook, you'll notice that maybe your ad is, um, it's a little different. Maybe your ad is starting to serve to the same people over and over and over. So you begin to get a feel of like you've, you've burned out that audience. So another piece of advice that I will give for people just starting out, you kind of have an advantage in a way because you can, you know, pick your business model or pick how you're going to approach things based on this information. So I like working with products that appeal to a big market. Like you're, you're in financial, that's a big market. There's, you know, you could probably go walk down the street and find someone who's interested in making more money investing um, versus like, let's say if there was some type of weird niche software, you could walk all over your city and, you know, right. You're, you're going to have a hard time finding that person, but you know, uh, relationships, dating, you know, like I could go walk around my neighborhood and find people who need these products or, you know, a common e-commerce. And the reason I say I like the big, um, you know, broad interest is because when you do get a funnel dialed in, you do get traffic um, working, you can keep going and going and going and going and going without, you know, burning that audience out. Um, Just because of how big, how big is the market? You'll still have to go to other ad networks. Yeah. But, but the market as a whole is, is really large. You can just keep, keep running different, different sources of traffic. Yeah. And you know, it's a good thing to, you know, focus on one ad network. When I'm working with a client, I'll focus on one, get things proven on there. Um, I'm doing a lot of uh, native ads and a lot of email stuff. So, you know, when you get it working on one, um, other ad networks, let's say you get something running on Yahoo Gemini. Uh, which is a native uh, ad network, Um, then you can take that same kind of approach, what you've discovered in that, and go out to Rev Content. Uh, That's another native ad network. And people, uh, when they're, you know, scrolling through, um, a lot of times what I'll do is go to my, uh, you know, hit Google, and it will suggest articles to me on my phone. So click on an article, scan through those, and you'll see, you know, light gray sponsored content. Um, so start noticing things like that and, um, you can start to get a sense of what's going on, what other ad networks are are there, but but otherwise, if you're not paying attention, it sort of just flies under the radar because it's like, it's meant to blend in as content. Right. So again, back to the big, the person that's getting started, um, you only have a limited amount of budget. You might be new. You might not know what's going on. I think a big danger is probably burning through your ad spend without making any sales. And the next thing you know, uh, all your money's gone. Uh, how do you get started without wasting your revenue, your, your budget? Yeah, that's, that's something that people kind of have to come to terms with uh, mentally is that, you know, ad spend gets burned all the time because, you know, part of my process in the, in the beginning, like I know how to look for, you know, the right situations. Like I'm um, participating. Uh, I haven't done a lot of affiliate stuff, but I'm putting my own money into it. You know, it's not my client's money. It's my money. So I'm using what I know to sort of determine like the odds of success. So I'm, I'm more of like a professional risk mitigator. So if I'm working with a client, let's say I'm working with you, 
I am doing using all my research, competitor research, what I know about what's going on in marketing and what I'm seeing working on other traffic networks to try to get you a win as quickly as possible. Because after a while, you know, if, if things are failing, then I've lost you as a client. And so I'm looking to go for that, that lowest hanging fruit. But at the same time, um, you know, you, traffic is a lot about testing. So there will be lost money, but you have to look at it like you're buying data, right? So um, when I start running uh, on an ad network, you know, the first month is not as good as the second month. And you'll see, you know, other top media buyers out there, maybe they're not profitable their first month. Um, But what you're trying to do is test a lot of variables. And let's say if you test, you know, 10 different targeting options and three different creatives, what you're looking for is you're, you're not looking to put one ad out there, turn it on and, and hope it works, right? So let's say you're, you know, you're running on Google Display and you test out three different targeting options or, or 10 or however many, but let's, let's narrow it down and say three. And then off of those targeting options, you are testing three different creative, right? So here is one set, uh, an audience you're targeting, one, two, three ads, right? Here's another targeting option, one, two, three ads. Another targeting option, one, two, three ads. So you're systematically testing this out because out of this whole little ad matrix is what I call it, maybe this combination of this one audience and this creative is killing it. It's crushing it, right? And all these others were just losers, uh-huh. They're just complete losers. And let's say you burn through, you know, $1,000, $2,000 to discover that. Now you've discovered that. Um, then when you come back, you know, your, your next month or, you know, um, the next step is to put all of your, uh, you know, money on the winners. Right. right. So you, are, you, you go into it with a head start because the next month, because you have data on what is working and what's not. So it is yeah. a trial and error process. I, I liked how you described that. That's pretty good. Yeah. And you, and you can systematically do it, but you know, people just getting started, what kind of messes them up or they get discouraged is they come up with an ad, they come up with some targeting options and they expect it to work. Like I may have a better guess at that than them, but even I can't do that, you know? So um, when I'm working with a new client, I'm, you know, uh, testing. And then if you've made that discovery, that one ad that's hitting your goal, um, you know, that is very valuable. Um, so then you can go in and like, let's say your target CPA that we talked about earlier, cost per acquisition is $50. Let's say on these, all, all these other ad sets, uh, ad sets um, you know, they had spent $150 and nobody converted. They didn't get one customer. Kill that, kill that ad set off. It's not going to work. Um, and you know, you can, you can go by like three times CPA. So if your CPA is 50 bucks and you've spent 150, it's probably not going to work out on that ad set. But let's say this one winner we found, you are getting customers at $30 right? You're not only even uh, breaking even, you're actually making a little money. So, you know, instead of all the wasted ad spend, you want to double down on that one. Um, And then, you know, all the time you can be testing against your control. So this, I think, gives people more of a systematic way to do it versus like, 
you know, let's go to Vegas and just spin the wheel. You know, it's, uh, <laughs> which is what a lot of people do with ad spend. It's literally just point and shoot. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then, you know, maybe they spent a lot of money and they didn't even, you know, really get the data they needed because they didn't, you know, test properly. So, right. um, they could burn through, you could burn through $10,000, but what if it was all on that uh, underperforming, uh, ad and the wrong ad set, you know, and there's, there's really no way to, to fully know until you test them. You're always like, uh, you're, you're always just trying to discover winners and then scale those as big as they can go. Excellent. Well, this has been a really great discussion. Um, I think some of the big takeaways are really focus on knowing what your CPA is going to be and trying to hit that number uh, so that you're and, and focus on building your customers. Uh, another big takeaway is that you can monetize in several different ways. If you're starting out into the marketing business, you can use create an email list to create customers, but also generate revenue by sending traffic to someone or also affiliate. And then this, this last big thing that I thought was really good was um, testing your ads and then choosing your winners and always being specific with your marketing so that you're not you're wasting as little as possible. Um, so that, that was some really good tips uh, for people that were just starting out. Uh, gives them a little bit of framework. I, there's a lot here. Uh, it's not a, a simple topic. But it, I think we've been able to, to give some people some good starting points. Yeah, you know, um, it's, uh, it's, it just is what it is. I wish it were easier, but then I guess if it was, you know, every, everyone would be rich. But, you know, man, we've bought, um, you know, you've got your own products and we've bought uh, email traffic off of you. I mean, we're buying traffic. Uh, I'm buying traffic from my client from you right now. So, um, you know, you, you are, are living proof of, uh, this stuff works, you know, you're, <laughs> well, of the side revenue, I, I've actually got multiple, multiple sources of revenue, right? So I'm, I'm doing the product thing, mm -hmm. running ad campaigns for that, but then I'm also doing the traffic thing and affiliate. I mean, I've got a, a whole bunch of different monetization streams, which I do recommend, but it just takes time to develop them. Yeah. Start with one thing and then start working on the other stuff. Yeah. Like for you, you know, um, it's kind of like, uh, you don't know always how your products are going to work out or like when you first started, like, you know, exactly what you were going to do, uh, to monetize, but having these multiple methods, um, you know, like I said, we're, we've bought, uh, about email traffic for, uh, and, and buying email traffic, uh, from you for clients and you know it's just one of many ways but it just gives you more um more safety nets right because uh that's what we want more ways to win and then your odds go up if you've got two ways to win you know that's that's better than one so um you know and always searching for you know what's maybe a better method but uh yeah man this is this is real world stuff that um i'm doing every day and uh you know you're doing as well Right. Well, Jason, thanks a lot. Can you give, uh, give our listeners a, a way to get a hold of you to find out what you're doing? What's the best way to connect with you? I'm going to link below the show. I'm going to give everybody um, some links to, to get access to you. Okay. Yeah. This kind of weird thing I'm doing uh, that's maybe not uh, typical or polished on social media is I'm just using my personal Facebook a lot. 
Uh, so people can just look me up on Facebook. I know that sounds kind of, I don't know, almost too rudimentary. Like but a normal person. That's like yeah. something a normal person would do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not doing a big guru thing. Um, but, uh, you know, if people have questions, they can feel free to ask me, jump in on uh, comments and, um, you know, I get some discussions going with some pretty advanced uh, people that, you know, if I don't know the answers, they probably do. And, um, you know, the thing about Facebook is, uh, they don't give, uh, you know, the organic reach to like your business profile. So I just like to connect with people one-on-one. So, um, you know, maybe, uh, just add me and, uh, shoot me a messenger message and, you know, we'll just connect on there. Yeah. Um, So what, so whether you're listening to this, whether you're an advanced intermediate or beginner, this is a huge opportunity to connect with somebody that really knows what they're doing. So I'm always trying to give people action steps. One action step is go find Jason on Facebook, add him as a friend, and then just pay attention to what he's doing. And if you have questions, you can ask him like, that's huge for people that are try- just getting started out. That's really huge. Yeah. And if I don't have an answer, I've, I've kind of built up a network of people um, because sometimes it may be, you know, what you need to focus on is your funnel, uh, copywriting, things like that. Or, you know, you may be looking for the right course and I'm just, you know, kind of like um, a traffic guy in the sense that I'm, I'm directing traffic, like, you know, go talk to this person. He knows this. Right. And um, it's, it's really all about connections, you know, and just uh, knowing the right people to talk to. And like, I met you uh, in a group and, you know, that relationship's been very valuable. So um, yeah, I think it's, it's a good way to use social media. Yeah. You got to get connected with the right people if you're going to grow. That's the truth. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Okay, well, I've actually done something that I've never done before, and I've gone way past my time. <laughs> and it's, I think it was because we need a little more time on this on this topic because it's really a, a, a deep one. I might have to have you come back and sure. go to the next level. But thanks a lot for uh, being on the show today. All right. Thank you, Casey. You have been listening to the Finance and Markets Cash Flow Hacking Podcast. Thank you for listening. Be sure and visit our website, financeandmarkets.com, to view this podcast's actionable cash flow strategies. And if this podcast was beneficial to you, please go to iTunes and search Cash Flow Hacking Podcast and leave a review to help other people find this and discover this podcast. Thanks for tuning in to another insightful episode of How to Trade It with Casey Stubbs. We hope you found today's discussion valuable and inspiring. Remember, the road to trading mastery is a continuous one, and your commitment to learning and growing as a trader is the key to your success. If you have any questions, comments, or topics you'd like us to cover in future episodes, please reach out to us at podcast at tradingstrategyguides.com. Keep listening, keep learning, and keep trading your way to victory. 
Until next time. 